Oh, it's a disaster over here. Sounds like it. Literally, episode 209 of the Radio Are we on 209? We're on episode 209. It is April 16, 2020. 6.12 p.m. recording time. It is a beautiful, beautiful 36 degrees out here in Pennsylvania. Or two days ago, it was two days. Uh, two days ago, <laughs> start all over. <laughs> Sounds like you've been doing a couple lines. <laughs> doing what? <laughs> I'm choking over here. Sounds like you had a couple lines of coke before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all right, radio inbound podcast. Checking in with Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Episode 209, April 16th, 2020. Recording time, 6.13 p.m. now, Eastern Standard Time. Beautiful 36 degrees outside, where two days ago, here in Pennsylvania, it was 65. I was mowing wow. grass. Today, it was 36 and snowing. No <laughs> it's joke. Been 90 up down here. Yeah, you suck. 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 <laughs> Had to head down to that resort you went to. What was the name of that thing? Treasure Golden Girls. Well- <laughs> 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 I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Treasure Island. Treasure Island Beach Resort Or was it Beach Club Because there was a beach resort and a beach club I remember Beach Club I remember you went to the club The first time or the second time First time or the second time What I mean is uh, I went to one that was a complete dive And then we made a switch We called an audible And we went over to The brand new facility that they just built the beach it was either beach resort or beach uh hey carrie <laughs> anyway beach uh yeah one of those two i thought it was beach club <laughs> hell of an opening good stuff i got my uh, seltzer water here i'm all good ready to roll oh seltzer huh you guys still down in uh, quarantine down there? Mm-hmm. Alright. <clears throat> Although you can you can kind of sense that this isn't gonna last much longer. I've said that today. Absolutely. Like you can see people are starting to lose their patience. Like just everything is just they're just kinda like they're sick of it. Yeah. They're they're just ready to do what they want to do again. Absolutely. I was just saying not to carry today. Yeah. I'm saying there, there's this vibe out there that people are like, all right, we're done with this. Yep. And we're just going to go on with our lives and whatever happens, happens. Yep. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I don't think it's going to be long before they lift the restrictions. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there you can you know even the the sports teams are starting to chatter about you know what they're going to do and uh, yeah you can kind of see some of this stuff is it's I don't know what the exact right th- way to say it but it's just starting to turn the corner of people just 
their patience, I guess. Yep. I agree. And they're just going to be like, you know what? Screw this. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, they're still going to, you could tell people. Well, are that's, yeah, that's, that's the situation. They are mandating that we wear mask out in public starting Sunday or Sunday okay. night, I think. Yeah. So if we go to the grocery store or something, you have to wear a mask. I wore my first one the other day. I saw that. Was that Orlando Magic Mask? Yeah, Allison's aunt made that for me. Oh, I need her to make me a Patriots one. I know, it'd be great. And a Lakers one, I'll take those. Lakers? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what's... I wore that mask. We, you know, we got a, we got two grocery stores here. Uh, one's called Publix, which is a little the kind of better, nicer one. And then um, the other one is uh, Winn Dixie was right by us. That's a roughneck <clears> one <throat> there. And Winn Dixie, that's where I went yesterday. Allison started cooking something. She's like, "Hey, can you get something?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay." So I put my gloves on. I put my Orlando Magic. <laughs> face mask on I'm walking around in there I'm just going I, l- I feel like a complete idiot <laughs> I'm like this is so dumb right I'm like I cannot get into this at all <laughs> I'm like wanting to put my hands in my pockets because I'm like I don't want people looking at my gloves and <laughs> I just, I'm like gosh this is so embarrassing yeah I feel you but you know what nobody cared <clears throat> They're just like, uh, they understood, you know, every, you know, there's obviously other people and, um, yeah, it was, but yeah, it's just the whole thing. It's, it's funny when Allison talks about when she was, when she goes to the store, she's like, I feel like people are staring at me. Like I'm that person. Yeah. Like stay away. But, uh, yeah, so starting Sunday, everybody has to wear a mask when they go out to these businesses. So, okay. I'll wear mine. Yeah, I need to get I need to get a cool one. I'm not going out there with these uh, other ones. <clears throat> uh oh, the questions are starting to roll in now for Tom. His buddies are starting to get in there. Oh, all right. So, who we got? We're going to dial up Tommy on the J Concepts hotline. Wait, That's right. Hold on, hold on, hold on one second. Carrie's calling. Yeah, we were trying to uh, figure out what was the name of that beach resort that we were uh, that we were going to. It was down there. It was called um, the first one we went to. Oh, the first one. Wasn't that Treasure Island Beach Club, and then there was a beach resort? Yes. yes. And we went to. Which was? A, which was a nice one. All right. Okay, Beach, Beach Resort. Resort. Nice Beach Club is the one that we went to the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Total trash. <laughs> let's, not, let's not repeat that again. <laughs> right, yeah, let's not get into all that. That's... But, um, but I will say our methods before were always successful. This one, not, not so much. Yeah, not so much. Um, maybe, maybe it would have been okay if it was in a Georgia or South Carolina climate versus a Florida Gulf side climate. Remember, it was like 90-some degrees. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was too hot. First, the whole setup was wrong. The air conditioner wasn't in the right location to get the circulation. <laughs> the whole, the whole, oh, and uh, 
just wait till you come back to your room after you've been at the beach all day it, and the sun goes down. You'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be cooler then, Jason. But the whole point of the air conditioning <laughs> is to cool off in the heat of the day, you stupid woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I right? That's the whole point. Yeah. Oh. Well, you want it to be cool whenever you come in there. Yeah. Especially in Florida heat. <clears throat> she said... What's that? Don't worry. That's what she said. And if, if that woman didn't say those exact words to me, I, we would have never got our refund because it was a non-refundable resort the way that I, bu- I booked it. <clears throat> Hate ahead. So, and I said, the woman told me that she could not accommodate me <laughs> in another room because they were all set up like this because they were being remodeled in that I am to... Um, just leave the air on, and when you come back from the beach in the evening and the sun goes down, your room will be cool. And I'm like, the whole point is to get away between like 11. Isn't the hottest time of the day between like noon and two or something, and you're supposed to be indoors anyways? Yeah, I think so. It was brutal. I mean, I can't but believe I, we walked away from there and didn't take pictures of the room. Yeah. Oh, I, I can document it. It's burned in my it's burned in my memory. Was, the the bathroom alone had three different color schemes going. <laughs> I had a we had a green plat yeah, not I'm plastic, but you know like that, that vinyl. Uh, I'm picturing that bathroom that they had in the uh in Scarface. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> is that the little checkered uh, tile, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was, and it wasn't even smoothed out. I mean, it was like rippled because over the years they probably just like lifted, taking up the broken ones and put down new ones, and <clears throat> so it wasn't even smooth. It was like, oh, and it was it pink was and white and uh, some other colors, and oh, it was great. It was bad. <laughs> so you had a door off the bathroom. So I guess if you came in from the beach, you can just slide in the bathroom, which it's a wet room. You, I understand that. You know, right there was the, the old bathroom, and then you walk into a closet, which is where the air conditioner was held. And the door to the bathroom, there was two doors that led into the closet, one to go into the main room and one to go into the bathroom. But the bathroom door was right in front of the air conditioner. So if the bathroom door was open, which it usually was, it blocked the airflow first off to the air conditioner and then you had the second door that went into the main room that blocked it yeah, there shouldn't have been no doors on on anything no it was being totally blocked so the the, the closet itself was like ice cold but it, it would never come out to the room ever it would never even have a chance to get out there and cool it down right and then it had a little kitchenette which was on the opposite end so it was like a horseshoe so over there it was like an oven yeah even though there was no oven, <laughs> it felt yeah. like an oven over there because it was pretty hot. Uh, Wasn't there like a little tiny oven, like a tiny thing, like or just burners? Oh, you know what? Maybe there was. Yeah, there was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then shag carpeting, everything. You know, it looked like from the fifties. Yeah, and that couch, the kids sat on it and they stuck to it. Remember? Yeah, we had to pull them off. <laughs> it was like a vinyl couch. <laughs> <laughs> it made that uncomfortable sound that you hear when you're like <laughs> it's really quiet and somebody moves on the couch and you're like what the hell did I just hear <laughs> it's it's like that plastic your grandma would put on her couch yeah, like, yeah. 
Yeah, my yeah. gram would do that. <sighs> my gram would pl- put plastic down everywhere in the living room, on the couch, on the f- <laughs> carpet. It was crazy, but that's what you know. That's what they did. You're like, you know what? It just it smells like cobwebs in here anyway. <clears throat> so like, <laughs> so, why is that? What? Like when you go to old people's houses, they smell like cobwebs. Cobwebs or like mothballs or mothballs. Mothballs. That's what it is. <laughs> oh. I was gonna say cobwebs. They got a smell to them. Yeah, yeah. Because they like in the old days, that's what they use mothballs, and I, you know, I would never use mothballs today. I'd rather have the monsters eat my clothes. <laughs> I never see. I, I never seen a moth in a closet. <laughs> Are we? I mean, you're actually talking about a moth. I, I no. It's not an actual moth well, in, in the clothes carry. I think it's actually. I don't look this up. They, well, that's where the cedar closets come from. Because if you have a cedar closet, it it deters some sort of larvae, which I think. Who knows? It's microscopic stuff. I don't know. Maybe it got stuck in the sweater when you were wearing it, and you take it back into the closet. Next thing you know, you got moss growing. Moths. That's a weird word to say. Moth. Moths. Here we go with the words again. Remember that? Jesus. Rouds. Rouds. <laughs> yeah. Rouds. Um, <laughs> uh, I have no, like, I've never seen a moth in a closet, nor have I seen moth damage, never. but you always hear about this. Put mothballs in the closet so you don't get moths. I'm like, I don't know. No way. But I do know those moths, because if you go to the hardware store, you can get mothballs or moth flakes and i had a i had my first house i bought had a um spider issue on the windows these like these black spiders with hard shells it was weird um the i was advised to to put mothball flakes in the windowsill and close the windows Mm -hmm. so it was like kind of trapped between the the two window panes or whatever it worked. It killed the spiders, but man, did it smell. Oh, it's was, very pungent. I was going to ask you, it had the same smell as a mothball? Uh, yeah, pungent. it was very strong. Mm. In fact, like, it could take your breath away. It was that strong. Yeah. And I was using <laughs> flakes. I wasn't using the balls. So I don't know if that's why it was stronger. You could take a mothball and shave it, I guess, like with a grater. Oh. get the same effect. But um, And then, of course, I made the mistake of using my vacuum cleaner to to clean out the windowsills then instead of the shop vac. So there oh. went that vacuum. Oh, because anytime you it, would start it back up, it'd smell. Yes, it was. Even had a HEPA filter in it, and it just destroyed it. it. Took a while to get it out. That's but, just crazy. And of course, I'm like, this homeowner's stuff is for the birds. <laughs> yeah, screw this. Go back to rent. Yeah. All right. Well, that was interesting. Anyhow, but um, the whole point with the the beach club versus the beach resort, um, it was sad that it happened because we did lose six to eight hours that day just in the transit of getting everything switched over to the other resort. But we did end up at a really, really nice place. Um, but had that woman not said <clears throat> that she could not... Uh, um, she told me to deal with the air conditioner the way it was because that's the way it is in Florida. That's what saved me. 
was yeah. the way she said it. And I guess when the girl from the, because I did it through booking.com, she called to confirm that's what she said. And she said, yes, that's what I told her. And she's like, you can't do that because part of the contract is that you accommodate, you know, and they couldn't do anything. So, All right. But we, you know what we're sad about? We watched that Tiger King. That, that, uh, that thing was pretty, her, uh, cat farm was pretty close to, uh, St. Petersburg. We could have just gone over there for the day. Damn it. Like you could have actually just gotten a room close by and hung out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's true. I, I didn't think about that. Tampa wasn't that far. Hmm. That would have been cool. If we'd have known about it. Yeah. I know. I heard Back it before it was a thing. Where's that damn Carol Baskins at? <laughs> Back before it was a thing. <laughs> I'm Team Joe Exotic. <laughs> Here to kick your ass, Carol Baskins. <laughs> How's your impression? Your impressions are doing pretty good. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining the show, Carrie, and explaining. No, I was that. on. It's been a pleasure. The pleasure's yeah, been all crazy. Jason's. <laughs> That was crazy. Yeah, he was saying that was crazy like five minutes ago. <laughs> what was? Jason. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's just crazy. <laughs> oh, I tell you. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you later. All right, adios. Bye. 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 F. Jason. Oh, yeah. All right, well. <laughs> okay, well, there you have it. Whew, wow. Let's call Tommy up. I'm sure he's waiting. <laughs> yeah. He's over there thinking, man, this is crazy. <laughs> she didn't catch on to that. I'll explain I know. I was, I, know I was. I just thought it would be funny. Like, I'm not really trying to be that, right, like right. that much of an ass. I just thought I was thought of it. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I got to say this because I knew you would know. <laughs> when you're what does the mean when you're on your third? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> The face you make when you're on that third, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Let's dial Tommy up here on the J Concepts hotline. Okay. Hello? Hey, Tommy. Gotti Jr. What's here. Up? What's going on, man? How you doing, man? All right. I hope you weren't waiting too long for us. Oh, no. That's all good. What's up, man? How you guys doing? Doing well. How about you? Pretty good. Just uh, just got done playing some VRC. Working on my cars a little bit today. Otherwise, not much. Oh, you are playing VRC, huh? Yeah. I, I'm not sure how effective it is in making you much better, but it's fun just to pass some time yeah. with some buddies. Hmm. Who uh, who do you play when? Uh, who's your biggest competition? My biggest comp, dude. There's some pretty good people like that I don't even know from like other countries. Like I don't know if they actually race or not, but there's some people that really they make me try really hard. Like I don't win every time, so it does kind of push me to do better. And you kind of get that race, like that feeling when you're in the race, you know. And you're just like, all right, screw this. Yeah. Those, uh, like, I don't. Do you are you on the PlayStation and Xbox and stuff too? Um, 
I don't really normally play video games. Like even I don't normally even play VRC. Oh, okay. Ever. Like, it's just kind of not something. Like, I'll play a game for, like, a couple of days, and then I just get burnt out. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I, I have an Xbox, but I haven't touched it in, like, two years. Oh, wow. All right. Well, then, uh, anyway, all the racing games, it seems like the Europeans <laughs> on on the video games are just, they're just unreal. They just blow you away. You know, they just yeah. love racing over there. And, like, if you play F1 online or something, you're going to get destroyed. I mean, absolutely destroyed. So it's probably the same thing with the VRC. You're, you're facing guys from over in Europe and are just good at racing games. That's what it is. Yeah, like, there's... I think there's one guy, he was, like, messaging me. He's like, do you race in real life? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I race a lot in real life. He's like, I've never even raced. And this guy was, like, waxing me. I was like, what the heck, man? Like, why is this guy so fast? Right. He's probably like me. The hardest thing about the game is the depth perception and, like, not moving your head. Uh, Okay. All right. I feel like that's the hardest part about it compared to real racing. Yeah, I've I've driven it a couple times at, at different events, and I'm just like, man, I suck at this. Um it's really just, hard, like, at first. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been playing with, like, Austin Wick and Mason. And, like, they didn't have much, like, experience with the game before. Like, at first, they were, like, no good at all. But now they're, like, getting really quick. And, like, we can battle and stuff. So that's really fun. But you kind of just have to, like, get used to the game. It's hard to... It's just... It's just weird for a while. Do they have tracks on there that you're familiar with? Or... I don't know how it works. Um, yeah, they have, like, a, the Vegas Worlds is, like, one example of, like, the tracks that they have hmm. after it's all rutted out and everything. That's a track I like to run on just because it's really hard to get around in the bumps in the first place. And then you add into, like, a computer game that's just, like, it's not as predictable. So uh, driving good is extra hard. I feel like it's almost easier in real life to drive. Okay. Except if you brought that guy over that was kicking your butt and you let him actually drive your car, he'd be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. That yeah, would actually I mean, be the ultimate test, though. It would be somebody that's only done that, and then you hand them the real thing, and they'll be like, I can't do this. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was exactly it's what pretty say. impressive, like, how they drive, like, it seems like they've driven before. Like they have like a similar style hmm. of driving. Like they don't drive weird or anything. Yeah. Like it's just interesting. Yeah. It seems like, you know, you're kind of coming in backwards to the, uh, to that racing element. But I guess at the end of the day, there's only one way to go fast. Right. Yeah. And you, the guy's hitting really good lines all the time. He's not like, it's not just hammering everywhere and just having a good setup. I don't feel like, cause he, I don't feel like his setup can be much better. Like we've, I've tried a lot to make this setup better. It's always pretty similar every time. Who was telling me, uh, I think AJ Marasco was telling me that he would, did he like, was he on the pole at the worlds or he TQ'd it or something? Dude, he ran like the novice class. Tell that guy to calm down. Okay. <laughs> novice. Yeah. I told him the same thing. He ran like the sportsman. He wouldn't even race me. Okay. I'll call him now out. Now it's starting to make I'll a little I'll call him worse. out. 
<laughs> now it's making a little more sense. Shout out to AJ. Love you, bud. Uh, AJ running sportsman. No, he is actually pretty good at the game, though, like compared to most people. Like, he can get around pretty good. I think I've only. I Brunson joins, like, our little, like, chat, but he never plays. I want to play with Brunson. They've been playing some other video game. Like, this is all up Gotti's alley. I don't know why I'm asking these questions, but these guys, I was on uh, their call, like, what was it, last Friday? They had their little live thing, and yeah, they've been all gaming together. Yeah, Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah. They're kicking Spencer's ass. <laughs> Spencer's been getting pissed, he said. Oh, I guarantee, yeah. Spencer don't want to lose. That guy's used to winning, so yeah, he's probably, I'm sure he, he'll get good. So let's talk, let's talk about the real deal. Well, uh, Real deal. I thought we were video games. We're we're gonna transition out of video games, Scotty. All right, I guess so. But yeah, I'm just saying those people, hey, those guys. Yeah, those guys overseas, <clears throat> they're good at racing games. Period. I mean, I'm playing Mario Kart online and getting waxed by these Chinese kids. You know, they're laughing me and stuff, and they're throwing shells at me and spinning me out and everything. So I mean, I I can't I can't even win against these guys. So. Is what yeah. even Mario Kart? Then you go into F one racing on PS four online, and they're just killing you. You know, it's just. Crazy. I don't think I'd even know how to hook up a PS four. <laughs> yeah, I'd, like, do I hook this to my computer or my TV or what? Do, like, I'd be like looking at this thing. Like, is there like instructions on YouTube? <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, you better get to get to what you were going to talk about there, RC. <laughs> Something you know, right? <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. I that bad, unless huh? it's a unless it's a Nintendo. Oh, PS4, same thing. You just this uh, HDMI cord. Hook it up to your TV. That's it. Put you know, you got your power cord. It's easy. Easy. You got Fred or uh, Paul do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dude, if I got hooked on video games, man, I would get. It would just be bad. Yeah, well, let me tell you, during this quarantine, Call of Duty Warzone's really saving me. So, is it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and all you know, all my friends are able to play because they're all stuck in the house. So, we're having a good time. By your pallies. Yeah. All right, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some RC racing. All right, I'm out then. No, 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 no. You, you get you. You got to gather the questions. All Tom's friends what? have been. They all of a sudden, like ten minutes ago, I just see these messages popping. Yeah, up. that's my. Oh, bad, here's dude. Cole. That's my bad. Here, here's Cole. Here's this guy. Here's I'm like, oh, Anderson? these are all Tom's buddies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> What's up, Cole? How you doing, buddy? Haven't so. Seen you in a while. Yeah. Well, Gabby's looking up all all the questions. We'll start. Um, I guess we'll just say where, um, you know, kind of what year you got going and what class you started in RC with and, um, you know, kind of the, the basics, the beginning basics. Yeah. So my first car that I ever had was a Traxxas Flash. Like I always ran like the little Toys R Us cars like throughout my childhood, I'd say. And one of my uh, neighbors had a Traxxas, and that ended up me getting one, too. And then I figured out that you could race, and I was like, dude, Dad, we have to go. And my dad was not about it. 
which is okay. crazy because now he's like the, one of the biggest so in the so program. Into- yeah. So like my grandma used to take me to the track because she was the only one that really wanted or wanted to like spend time doing it with me. So at first that's what I did. And my dad started to become more involved. And then I was my first buggy was a 22 1.0 when I was like 13, I think. And that's when I started racing stock buggy and throughout the times like Mason, I always raced with like we were, I just remember like us racing in novice at this old track we had in the mall called the pit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's crazy to now how we're battling at like all these big races across like, the U S like, I think that's so awesome. But, yeah. So, I mean, I so think, even back then, so Mason, uh, was racing novice with you. Yeah. We, yeah, there's video, I'll, there's videos. It's like, I'll post one like next Thursday for throwback. I okay. know there are YouTube videos of me and him, like actually like getting first and second in novice. I've, I've seen them before, like a long time ago. I'm sure I can find them. So, yeah, so and, um, and I mean, that's that, gotta be really neat. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've been friends with befores. like Mike was one of my bigger helps, like earlier on, he would uh, always make sure that, you know, I was going to finish the race and if, my car was broken and I didn't know what to do. He would always help me. So it's crazy now that like we're working together at like one of the higher levels on a race team when then, you know, we were all doing it for a hobby. I think that's just kind of like a cool like thing just about the fours and me. Like, it's just like I met them and they were so nice to me and they always helped me. And then now it's like, we're always helping each other and we're battling at like in California at races and stuff like that. I just think that's crazy. It is. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. That you've been kind of connected and you're kind of grow. It's basically just like growing up with these people and racing with them and being in competition with them. Yeah. I mean, I think I remember one of the, stories i remember we were at 8035 raceway and a servo went out on my traxxas and i had never driven like any other car so mike let me use one of mason's sc i think it was an sc5 from kyosho and i drove that thing and i could not believe how good it was it was so stable and everything and that's when i knew i was like wow like i'm yeah i'm like i need a car that like can drive like this and like, I think that was like my main motivation to like actually want to get better. Cause I never realized like that I was at such a disadvantage before. So definitely, uh, Mike was one of the bigger helps and inspirations from the start and even to now. So, yeah, you were like cars, a car, and then you started, then you drove a good one and you're like, Oh <clears throat> yeah, I, I need one of these. So you had the 1.0, 22, the TLR 1.0. Did you build that new? Did you buy it from somebody? or? Uh, it was right when it came out. So, yeah, we got the new kit, like, right when it came into the shop. And that's kind of around when I was, like, I think I did have a ready-to-run short course from low C2. I got them around the same time. And okay. It was, like, the ready-to-race 22 SCT. And it just had like Valenia or like the uh, Acceleron 
electronics, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, I think that's, it was that's right. Dynamite stuff. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I raced those in stock. And I kind of started to get a little better. Like, I had good tires and stuff. Like, my dad would became more involved and started to help me more. And that really helped, too, just because, you know, I was, what, like, 13. So having him to help me was important. Even now, it's nice when we're at these big races. And, like, I'm trying to practice, and he can glue a set of tires for me real quick. Like, I, that's, a, that's a big part of my program, too. So you got you got uh, through the the early days. Uh, you got the the TLR the 1.0. Uh, so when did you kind of make the next step? And what was the next cars you picked up after those and went to? So yeah, so I think it was probably three or four months after that. Um, Max Vanderbeek, the uh, regional team associate manager, he uh, picked me up on Associated for like just a. It was just the regional deal, and he got me his old. He had a, the B four point two and the SC ten point two that he like didn't run anymore. That were like his old cars. And I remember mm-hmm. driving those things, and like still to this day, when Mac let me drive his mod two wheel for the first time, and I could not believe how like because I'd never driven like a mod buggy or anything like that. And he's like, "I'm not turning it down." Like, you're just going to drive it. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And I drove it, and it was so good. The car had so much grip. He's like, I can still see your face today with how, like, your jaw was dropped and your eyes are so wide open when you came down the stand. Because, like, that was the, that was, like, when I realized, like, dude, I could actually, like, really be fast. Yeah. Like, before, I big, just always big did the thing. Yeah. So... After, you know, Max helped me there, and he was always really good at, like, you know, keeping me pushing forward and learning new things. So that was, like, the next, like, big person that helped me a lot that I really appreciate. Like, I don't think, like, these people that I talk about, like, I'm not sure if I could do without them. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... I've been really fortunate and been around the right people. And like, that's like really been awesome. I'm super grateful for that. So you did a lot of, um, a lot of racing with the associated stuff. You got, uh, a lot of good accomplishments regionally, uh, and some large races too. uh, some great accomplishments, uh, you know, kind of, you know, rounding through some of those years, uh, do you have a few accomplishments that stick out to you that you're really proud of? And then, um, you know, how was your, how were you feeling about how you were developing, I guess, as a driver and taking it more serious? Uh, yeah. So I feel like my time throughout associated, I was more of like just focusing on my driving more than like, actually working on my stuff like none of my stuff was really as good but you know i was able to drive pretty good and toward the end like once i was able to start getting like more parts and learned how to rebuild my cars better i'd say towards like 2017 2018 that's when i really saw my results get a lot better and i remember associated race was like the first big a main i made at trackside I believe mm-hmm. that was 
I'm not sure what year that was, but I've always really liked going there and I never made the main there before. And I made it in four wheel and two wheel. And that was like pretty big for me. That was like my first, like really big race. I actually did get at cause I never really ran like stock a lot at any big races. So like seeing like actual success was really nice and kind of that kind of boosted me. I feel like into 2019 or in 20 into 2018 and being really fast. And then at nationals was a really good race for me. I was able to do the practice the month before and that really helped. I was able to figure out like what I really need to do because everybody said like hobby action is like one of the toughest tracks and you need to go there before. So it's really glad we were able to go there before parents always hooking it up with the trips really appreciate it it's really nice them to give me all these events before so and so what what kind of uh year wise when were some of those uh when was that good race that you had there at trackside and believe, what just believe that was time? 20 2017 okay and you know what i remember about watching your racing even as far back is when i don't remember the first time i saw it but it seemed like you always had speed um and that's kind of hard to that's probably one of the harder things to get is speed and obviously there's some people that you know they they really get the the fundamentals down they get the how to set up your car and they get into different things but they can't drive and then you got people that can drive but can't work on the cars and then you know what i mean like so then at some point all these things have to start coming together um and then that's what really determines if you're going to have success or not so maybe in that 2017 range you started getting some things you know, maybe on that end figured out a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, my program was a lot better, especially in 2018, you know, making the nationals a main was really, really like, that was really important to me. So I would say that was my like greatest result with them. Also making the Reedy race a main in 2017 and 2018 in two wheel. I never yeah. made it in four wheel. Um, yeah, I had lots of good races with Associated, and yeah, I mean, nothing but, like, full appreciation for Brent and Mac and all those guys out me over there. I was, uh, I had a really good time with Associated, but, uh, been really excited with, uh, my recent program, last few years with TOR. Yeah, so you, you got, um, a, a great opportunity, uh, with, uh, TLR. Uh, this was, was it two years ago now? Yep. Two years ago, got a really good opportunity to get in. Uh, it kind of puts you back on the same team, as you talked about earlier with the Fullers. You know, now you guys were uh, back with the same team there. And explain kind of what that transition going to TLR um as a racer, I guess, or a team driver, but what, the, what that was like and, and, um, kind of everyone has a little bit of a transitional period and, uh, maybe talk about that too. And kind of getting used to running different vehicles. 
yeah, I mean, I feel like it, there's only a few examples of like people that have changed and done really good. And one of those I think of is Mayfield when he went to TOR and he dominated CRC. And I was like, hopefully I can go there and do something like that too. I was just really just wasn't dialed in with the cars. I kind of just guessed with setup with what the team guys said. And I made progress throughout the weekend. I ended up finishing in the top of the B's, mid top B's. So it wasn't really that bad, but just finished like getting the little quirks out. Like I had some stupid things break and stuff like that, that I didn't really know. I'd screw up something on the field and be bound up or whatever. So now that we've kind of progressed with, I think cars team, and myself was like working on everything. That's one of the bigger things too, is ever since I've been on TOR, like instead of the driving aspect, like I'm also getting help with a lot more help with like setup and like working on cars, like Frank and all the guys have been really helpful to me. So that's been, I think why it's been feeling a lot better recently with TOR. You know, we've got the, our two wheels always been pretty good and it keeps getting better every time we go to the track. So I always like driving my two wheel and obviously the new four wheel is really good. So my confidence is really high in my program right now, higher than it's ever been for any team I've been on. So feeling really good now after it took a while, but now that I've got everything figured out and I kind of figured out like the things that I like compared to what other people do, because I kind of like to run my own, like, I don't run far from what those guys run, but sometimes I'll run a few different things that people are like, what, why are you doing that? And, like, I just need to figure those things out that I like, and then just been pretty comfortable having base setups, just changing a few things at the big races now. It's a lot easier instead of chasing setup like I was at first. So you made a huge uh, trip over to Slovakia for the Worlds. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't believe you had run the Worlds before. The I guess the other. Nope. That the so that was your first Worlds. Go to Slovakia. Um, just uh, tell us what that was like. I mean, that's. I mean, that was had to be a huge deal for you. Um, the yeah. way the international and the way Worlds races are run is always uh, a lot different. Uh, you know, talk about talk about that experience. Yeah, the world's experience was awesome. I mean, I got to travel with my family to go out to Europe, and I got to see a lot of you know the same faces. But dude, Saudi Arena was so dialed. Like that whole place was just amazing, and I kind of liked the vibe of like what Slovakia was like. It was just, it was just. I don't know how to explain it, but it was just kind of a cool area and I kind of liked the vibe around like the cities and stuff. And yeah, dude, I had so much fun, like especially getting to be involved with the four wheel, like with the new testing, like that was like something I'd never done before. So that was cool to be a part of, to like, you know, give feedback and make sure that the car can be the best it could be for the customers. But we had a really good car at worlds and we didn't have like, whole bunch of time on it i know me and reno got the car the day before we left so yeah we uh 
I never really had much time on the car, but yeah, it was working great. Four wheel especially was really good for us at the world. Obviously Dakota was absolutely flying. You know, he's uh he's got that next level of speed. Love watching that guy drive. Yeah, it is. It was it was impressive. And I mean it's it's hard to tell anybody <clears throat> what the vibe is like at these worlds unless you've been and yeah. just when you know because even like a roar nationals or um a reedy race or something like that you know you even you look at the main guys you know the the mayfields the you know all these guys uh, that have been there and done that um but you can even see their level of intensity, how it has to raise at the worlds. Um, it's not yeah. as much of a joke anymore. Um, you know, they, they know um, where things are kind of at at some of these other events. But even for as good as these high profile guys are, they don't know until they get up there and run that first qualifier really where they're at. And um, I think... Just that level of intensity, how tight it is, and then there's just a special feeling, especially being at Hootie Arena, uh, that was that was really big, and it really gives you an appreciation f- for me when you're there. Just um, it feels like it's really means something, and. Um, the seriousness of everybody just really stands out. Yeah. I mean, you know, just kind of, you know, pitting with Dakota, like, obviously I'm not going to like talk to him and try and like tell him what to do or anything. But, you know, I can tell like when we're sitting in the pits on like, especially main day was like huge dude. Like the vibe on main day was so like intense. Dude. That was like so cool. Mm-hmm. Like I would have loved to be out there in those mains, but dude, I would have been nervous. Like yep. the intensity of the whole place, dude, it was so quiet at the starts. And then yeah. if anything happened, dude, up front, it was so loud in the place. And it was, yeah, that was like the coolest thing I've ever done. I, I think I was talking about, who was I talking to this about the other day? I said the exact same thing. Like it was just so sick to watch all those guys battle like at the race. Yeah. And it's just, it has a special feeling, which is really neat. And, and then being in Slovakia at that hoodie arena, which I think we all had, I mean, I know I had a a ton of doubt um, how the race was going to run, be pulled off on that track. And in the end, I was like, I think this is the best worlds I've ever been to. I mean, to me, I mean, it's your first, but I mean, for me, I, I don't remember how many I've been to. It's like 15 or I don't know what it is, but 15 or 18 worlds. I forget what it is, but it's like, is this the, like, this might be the best one I've been to. And you add in on top of that, uh, just, uh, you know, the way it all shook down. I mean, this, I'm like this, and then that banquet and man, this thing was amazing. Yeah. The, uh, I don't know how you could have a better world, really. Yeah. Like that. Like if you think about that and you go back and look how they ran that and just how the places, like I thought it was super awesome. 
the pits looked like it was X-ray against the world, though. It did, and it really and it and, walked it, in. And, and it. Yeah. And to be honest, it really was. It kind of was. Yeah. It, when, and it, and it came. Two wheel, I feel like it was extra. Everybody was extra happy about it. Almost, it seemed like. Yeah, I, I think so. Like just because, I mean, dude, he drove him and Ongaro. That was insane, dude. Like they were going so fast with such little grip for just lap after lap after lap. And it's like Spencer Spencer turns it on at another level of the world, dude. Like, that the driving that he did was like some of the best two wheel drive driving I've ever seen in my life. Him and Ongaro were absolutely insane. They were just like I just in two wheel that was the hardest track I've ever raced on in my life. <laughs> By a mile. And they made hard, it look yeah. simple, dude. I know. They made it look simple. And they were just so good. Like on the farthest left side of the track, there's like the little humps after the triples. Like when it's a long sweeping corner, dude, they're like getting so close to the pipe every time. And I know when I'm out driving out there, I'm, I'm like four cars off the pipe when I try to hit it tight. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like this lap, I'm going tight. And then you're like, like I'm still yeah, four feet off. Yeah, it's like, I can't explain to you how far away it really was and how small your car really was on the left side, especially. Mm -hmm. And on the left side, too, you were almost looking like farther. You were almost looking like 45 degrees to the left because the track was almost like below the stand on the left side. So the left side of the track, when you were sending it into that 180 and then coming on the straightaway, it was kind of hard to like really nail that. But like I said, those guys made it look so easy and that was some of the best driving I've ever seen. So, um, taking that experience and I want to say towards the tail end of four wheel drive, and this is just, I'm going off memory, but it seemed like you were kind of picking up speed or you had one of your better runs towards the end. I can't really remember, but Mm -hmm. it seemed like you started getting comfortable. Yeah. So in two wheel, I, uh, I struggled at the start, just like I would just crash too much. Like my car was felt pretty easy to drive and had a good amount of grip most of the time. But towards the end, yeah, I got a 15 in the last round of two wheel. That was my best point in that. And that was a really good run, like really smooth and clean. It's like, I almost wish I could go back and run the other four qualifiers. I screwed up (laughs) because my car felt really good when I was driving smooth and staying in the line and four wheel. I was more consistently like, between 20th and 30th throughout the qualifiers. Which is so, yeah, I mean, really I, good. Yeah, I mean, I have, I mean, obviously we always want to do better no matter what place we get, at least for me. Like, I can finish like fifth at whatever race. I always want to do better, you know. So, I mean, it was, it was really fun and it was a really good experience and I didn't do as well as I wanted to, but it was, such a cool experience and I had a lot of fun and yeah, I mean, it was just, I'm racing my RC cars across the world. Like that's so cool just to think about to start with. Yeah. Like during my qualifying rounds, like you almost think about how cool it is what you're doing. You're Mm -hmm. like, dude, I'm in Slovakia racing at the worlds. And like, when I think about stuff like that, almost like 
gets me going more. Like, I really think that, I just think that's so cool. Like, I never would have thought in my whole life that I'd be traveling around going to Slovakia to race an RC car, let alone to go to Slovakia ever. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. So we finished that race up, uh, the, the, the 22X4, the new four-wheel drive car. Um, obviously, that was a big, bright spot for you guys at the race. Uh, the, the car, they had to, re, you know, they kind of released some information. They got a little bit of bad news because it got delayed. Um, but then we got to 2020. Uh, you got into the Reedy Race of Champions again, which is a little a little bit different is because you have raced the Open, you've been in the Invitational, but now you're back in the Open class this year. So um, now you've had a little bit of track time, you're getting adjusted a little more with the uh, TLR stuff, and then you got the new four-wheel. Um, talk to us about that Reedy... Uh, that Reedy race and that experience. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously when I ran invitational, I was pretty new to everything and honestly really just didn't drive well or really gel the track very good. Like in the invitational, I had a lot of fun running it, but whenever I have like a bad race at a track, next time I go there, I really want to do good. So I was, I was extra motivated going into Reedy knowing that you know, the guys have been working really hard on both the two wheel and the four wheel, you know, on the car side of thing, car side of things, I'm more confident. And then also in myself, you know, just running a lot with Mason and Alex Vanderbeek, um, Drew Rubin King and a few other people. Um, I think that's really good for us just because we're all pretty similar pace locally. Mm-hmm. And whenever somebody's quicker, we're always pushing the, get going faster none of us want to lose so when we have that mentality it really you know we really make ourselves go quicker and that's super nice and you know so take us through that um you know just kind of being able to 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 run uh, with the big boys at ocrc in, in the class and then eventually winning four-wheel drive yeah, so, I mean, when you're in the Invitational, you have a whole different, like, respect for what the class really is because it is, like, nobody's playing around. Nobody's trying to get an inch. It's just a lot of it is based on luck. Like, you have to manage the situations when you start in the back, and you really need to take advantage when you start up front. So it's really opportunistic, the whole race. You have to be really good at making decisions quick. I think that's the hardest thing about it. Like, that's what I noticed. Like, I I watched all the videos. I remember before the invite, I watched every single round the year before. And just watching Mayfield and Cav, especially, I noticed. They would start, like, 10th. And nothing would even happen at the start. And all of a sudden, they're in third. Mm, I know. And I'm like, how do they do that? And, like, just watching how, like, when, like, they're committed to every decision they make. And if it's the right one, it's great. But if it's not, they're in the back. And that's just kind of what they do. Yeah. And I just think that's super cool. Like, it's just really hard to, you know, make those quick decisions. And that's what I think, uh, that's what I'm going to be really focusing on when I'm at the re-race. 
is just really making sure that I'm not backing down to anybody, but not also being an idiot either, you know, because, you know, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I see people that just let all the pros by that are in the invite class. And it's just like, I don't know, for me, I want to battle with them. Cause if they're behind me, I'm like, all right, well, you're quicker. You got to pass me, you know, you don't want to be a push. Like, I want to race. I, yeah. I want to race with those boys. Like, I feel like if you just get out of the way, you're never going to really get respect from them. But if you like no. actually race them and you're not an idiot and you like race them, right? Like, I feel like you gain more respect from them. And that's what I try and do when I race. I don't really want to, I don't want to mix it up with anybody. Really. I just want to have a clean race and, Hopefully we have a fun battle, like especially JP Richards, me and JP, dude, we've been having good battles this year for some reason. Like we've been, for some reason, we've always been close to each other on the track. We're always having good battles. So like, that's the most fun for me. So just making sure that, you know, you don't want those guys to think you're an idiot or something because then they won't, they won't be very nice to you back. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard so, to blame them, though. I mean, it's their job and everything, so you don't want to, like, you don't want to ruin them because they'll make sure that you don't beat them. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, after we race, you know, things, uh, we did the, the INS race at a Smack Track, and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of big stuff I think you went to after that. Uh, uh, but, you know, give us a little bit of a update there on how things went at Smack Track. I think you had a, you had a good race there. You TQ'd around, I believe, in four-wheel, and uh, you had a good race. So go into that one a little bit. Uh, yeah, so Smack Track is always one of my, uh, or Velocity RC it's now called. <laughs> I don't know, dude. For me, it's Smack Track. Yeah, I can't. I hear you. I can't fix it, but <laughs> but yeah, Smack Track is always one of the better tracks that we go to. I feel like our tires are always the best there, so I really like going there because it's just really easy to run. Like at least in the past, it had been like, yeah, you just kind of run the tires, keep running them, don't get much wear. But this year it was a bit harder because we weren't really sure if we were running slicks or treads. And then if you went with the slicks option and then you realized it didn't work, then you kind of didn't have any treads and there's no practice in the mornings at that race. So the foam busters and the tire sanders and the, <laughs> the foam busters, all that stuff, dude, it was all coming out. And it normally really, I feel like normally you just do the normal tire prep there and you have pretty good grip, but everybody was, we were all trying to see what was going to work. I mean, most of, most of the races we've been to, we've ran slicks. So I, I know I was one of the ones that thinking slicks were going to be better and never really came around. And I'm like, uh Oh, like I don't really have that many treads ready. You're like, this was my prep. <laughs> yeah. But my, uh, the, thanks to Dakota for letting me use the foam buster. Free dialed and my phone's broken in. <laughs> But yeah, it was good. Made a couple of mains, TQ'd around a four wheel. That was that was probably the highlight of the weekend for sure. I had some good A mains. Just, you know, racing on tight track is kinda of tough. Just made a few costly mistakes when 
I was able to move up because I started like seventh and eighth or something like that. So didn't really put myself in the best position from qualifying. But yeah, I always have a great time racing there. It's always good to see uh, Jason and Thomas was there too. So fun race. So we got uh, so we're getting through that. And when did you kind of start to get an idea that the the racing was going to slow down here with this virus? And what have you kind of been doing um, since then, I guess? It's, that's kind of where we started. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I think after Desert Classic was kind of when it started to, I started to see it on the news and everything. I was like, dude, this is so hurting. Like, I don't even think I'm going to be actually, I don't think we're going to be racing because I was excited for Silver State and races like that. So yeah, now we've just been, just been chilling at home. Um, Brad Horsch, the owner of our 10 scale track, he has a nice property at his house. He has a dirt bike track out there and he was nice enough to build a stand and a track for us for eight scale. Okay. So we've been driving out there and just running some nitro. Got my new Ultimate Engines in the cars and uh, just been trying to get my nitro program dialed in. Like, I really just haven't had a lot of time to ever practice. So to get a track that's within two and a half hours, it's only 20 minutes away now. So it's really easy to go over there and just test stuff real quick and you know, really learn what you like for like the engine tuning, what it needs to sound like. I feel like you kind of, what I picked up from people when I asked them about tuning is you kind of have to, you know, some stuff, but then the other stuff is just knowing what it sounds like. So I kind of started to figure out what it should be like and just focusing on keeping the car together too. And then you've been doing well, where we kind of started, we started off with the, um, the VRC, you've been doing a little bit of that and then going out and you've gotten some uh, running at this nitro facility and then are you doing wrenching as well? Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. All the cars look really nice. I've been just looking at them pretty much. It looks so cool. My so you're all prepped style. and ready. I saw that you got yeah. some fresh bodies the other day, right? Yep. Genova with the fresh bodies, Garrison mm-hmm. with the stickers, always making me look dialed. Appreciate those so, guys. So now we're kind of, uh, everyone's kind of in that waiting period. Uh, Gotti and I were talking about earlier. You can see people are starting to get a little bit itchy. They're kind of wanting to be over all this already. Um, mm-hmm. You know, getting to the end of April here, I think, is probably the run, I would say. And then people are going to probably start to throw caution into the wind a little more. It seems like they're just going to be like, you know what? I'm done. I want to just move on. Um, when do you think we're going to, when's our first big race? You think that's, that's, that should be the new, that's the new, um, the new question. What's the, when's our first big race going to be? I hope it's not that long. I hope it's like, mm, I want to run eight scale nets. I hope we could do it for eight scale nets, but I don't know what I actually think. If I think we're going to be able to get by then, 
I have I think, doubts, but I want I it on think that's, I think that's going to be our first big race back, the field nets. I hope so. That's what I think it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it'll be interesting because we'll all be... Uh, I'm not really sure what the right word... It's going to be weird because it's. I think it's going to be like... If that is a race that we can make and we're all there it might be uh it might feel a little weird it's gonna have a little bit of a strange vibe at first because everyone's Dude, gonna it, yeah it could be more i feel like it could be more of a serious vibe it might be because everyone's gonna be like all right i'm ready to get back into this stuff <laughs> and nobody's gonna be playing so there's yeah. always more and more fast people every year so everybody's gonna have to be on it i know uh a lot of people that have been prepping and running just been uh like i said before running with mason and alex we've been all running our nitro cars so fun dude like it's just good to get practice we can help each other out if one of us is struggling and we're all friends it's good to go out there and have fun and drive your cars you know we're all trying to make it to the next level so we're having fun but we're also not playing around we're trying to make sure that we're improving and learning. Um, I got the. Uh, thank God he was he was going through the questions here, trying to keep us uh, give us a little bit of an idea of what kind of questions we got going here. Uh, just kind of starting at the top, we had uh, Will Will Britton. Everybody knows Will Papa <laughs> Wheelie. Um, yes, sir. We got uh, a man with you, too much power. That's right. Do you remember the last time I put I out qualified you in four wheel? That was awesome. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, we uh, regionals. I have the uh, I have the first place trophy. Will oh, you can see it? It's at my house. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, will out qualified me. He did fair and square. That man, he did. But I got him in the main. But yep, all up for Will. It's my boy from Omaha. Can't wait to uh, see you at the, one of the races soon. We got uh, Corey Richardson. Kind of uh, obviously a big, a big push, a big positive for you guys. Uh, he said, being yeah. in your second year, what's uh, what has been the biggest help getting you to the next level? Which you know, I think is we. You talked about that already a little bit, but you can kind of touch on it again. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I have on TOR, like, I'm not trying to dog on any of the other brands that I race for, but I feel like for me, it's the best fit with, like, the people, you know, I feel like I'm learning in a better way, not just, like, going fast or being good at racing, being good at life in general. And just, you know, being a good person at the track, too. And also, you know, maintenance and stuff like that. Like, Frank, you know, he sat down and taught me how to... Like, the first time he ever did that was the 22-4. We were practicing for a re-race. I didn't know how to work on my front diff, and he just sat me down and really helped me with that. And, like, before, like, in 2018 and 2017, like, I really didn't have much of that. Like... When I first was on the regional team, like Mac was really good about, you know, helping me. And if 
you know, he thought there was like a new cool setup thing. Like he would have me try it and see what I thought. So like, that's just testing I never would have done. So I think that's been the biggest improvement for me. It's just the people I'm working around. I really like Charlie, Aaron, you know, Frank, Dakota, all Mason, the full, all the fullers, all the team I really like. So I just think it's a better vibe around the team. You know, I feel like we work together better than most. So that's been the biggest positive for me, I think. Just the confidence mentally is a big deal. Barry, Barry helped me with that at Reedy Race, keeping me mentally calm, you know, gave me some tips. And, you know, having someone to give you that confidence, like, hey, like, you can do it. Like, look what you just did. Like, there's no reason you can't win. And just having somebody that, like, telling you that is really, really important. Because, you know, I mean, my dad, you know, he's going to tell me, he's like, yeah, dude, you're, like, going to win. Like, you're awesome. Like, that's what he's supposed to do. But to have somebody that's, like, genuinely believes in you and really wants you to do well, that's what I really like. That's important for me. So we got Mike to talk to talk it. He was, you know, just kind of a general, what's the biggest challenge of becoming a top level driver and who's your favorite to race with? Um, the hardest part, um, being on it every weekend, you go to the track, like just how Spencer and Mayfield and Dakota and all these guys, they go to the track and they're always fast every time no matter what yeah like that's just that's the hardest thing you know like there's sometimes where i have the pace you know like the speed like you were saying earlier jason mm-hmm. but you know putting it all together in that five minute run and not making those little tight touches and stuff mm-hmm. like that like that's just stuff those guys don't do on their perfect runs yeah. In my what are so called perfect runs, I touch tubes and stuff. Like they just on their best runs, dude, they are so flawless. It's just like really little details I feel like they're better at than like people like me, you know. Okay. And then uh but yeah, asking- my favorite person? Yep. To race with, um, I guess. Yeah. I'd say I have my two favorite pros are probably, I mean, Tebow has, uh, I've been able to race with him and test with him a lot. I'm glad he's feeling better, but um, yeah, he's probably one of my favorite people just because he's, uh, he's willing to race with me and, you know, give me ideas and, you know, we practice and to see somebody like that drives so good. Like, I remember the first time I went to Fastlane. This is the first time I ever saw a pro driver drive, dude. So I'm watching Jared. I remember I was marshalling on the track, and there was this double right in like in the middle of the track, and there was like a 45 degree like landing after it. So it was like he had, he was like he was just barely like people would send it and whip their cars so hard, and like they would just squid out and crash, and like. He wasn't even fairly whipping at all. He was just doing little, like, adjustments in the air. And I swear to you, he landed in the same spot, like, three inches from the pipe every lap. Wow. The exact same spot. 
And I was just like, dude, like, that's when I was, that's when I first was like, that's what a pro RC driver does. I would have been like, yeah. all right, I'm done. I, I, I can't compete. Yeah. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever told Jared that. I don't think so. But I remember that the first time I went to fast lane, I was like, dude, like, <laughs> I couldn't believe how fast he was going. But yeah. He's one of my, he's definitely somebody I look up to. Um, also Dakota, I feel like, I didn't know him as much like at the start of last year, but now that I've like bonded with him more, especially after worlds, I feel like he's really helpful to me too. Like I'll ask him about stuff and he's always really good at, you know, helping me and giving me advice. So that's probably my second, my other person that I like to uh, race with. We're here on the Chili Duncan's comment and question, which was what happened to Carol Baskin's second husband? All right. So my, so my parents have been watching this. I've I've been watching it on and off. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't really, here's the thing, dude. I'm not like fully into it. I'm not sure. I, I, she probably did do it though. I don't know. What, what episode you on? She did it. Uh, I think they're done with it now. Oh, they're done with it? You finished them all? Yeah. Yeah. I screwed up and didn't watch them all. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't think I got invited for the first, like, three episodes, but oh. I'm probably going to get, uh, I'm probably going to get, like, hey, why are you calling us out on the RIP podcast? <laughs> <laughs> right. It'll yeah. be okay. They'll laugh at it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys uh, were, were you see uh Mm-hmm. Mike Saunders question or he said he got he got uh, Carson's mini T fixed and he's uh really happy for you. You're a great kid and your his four year old looks up to you. I'm sorry, Carson. I broke Carson's mini T, dude. Oh he went out there on the track and put it down on right before a jump and I couldn't I didn't see it and I smashed it. I'm sorry, Carson. <laughs> but uh that's good you got it fixed, Mike. I'm sorry, uh I can't see. <laughs> but yeah, we had a, uh, I always enjoy hanging out with Carson. Carson's Carson's super cool, man. He's always over there asking he's always over asking me what I'm doing. So yeah. I always enjoy hanging out with him and Mike and yeah, Sanders Sanders definitely did help me a lot in the past at uh, Hobby Haven when I used to race there, like when I had my tracks and stuff. Hmm? He would help me out a lot. Yeah, we bought the tractors from there. We did. Nice. What? Let's see. So, uh, John Bolton's just kind of going in, and he was, you know, being complimentary. Um, he was asking about the worlds, which we kind of went over. Um, he he was just commenting that he thinks that uh, it looks appears that you will are willing to race on just about any surface, which he thinks is a benefit. Maybe you could touch on that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I race on dirt most of the time I've done a little bit of carpet, but I would like to do more. Like I just really haven't had like a car ready for it. I'm too lazy to switch it over from dirt setup and then switch it back. So I've just been running dirt cause that's what all the big races I go to are. But yeah, I think carpet's going to be more important now. I think there's going to be more big races. So I definitely need to uh, get on the carpet soon. 
um, make sure we get John was all got his answers. Gotti, did you uh, check out Joe's um, question about uh, you, you gave him the no tossbacks, but that no tossbacks. Sorry. Okay. All right. Come on. Uh, uh, Chris Trudeau, I believe, I, is how. I probably right? I probably would go with Joe's answer though, because good lord, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> There's a couple I can think of. Right. For sure. Uh, okay, Chris Trudeau, RC maintenance task you dislike the most. I don't know. Probably building turnbuckles. Okay. Those are the worst. Those are the hard. I mean, they're not that bad, but they just take time. I I don't know. I feel like everything's pretty easy to work on now. So what? uh, How about the maintenance task that you that you find is the easiest? I guess. Mm, I feel like. Just rebuilding divs is like all this. I've always ran 10 scale. Yeah. So I've done a lot of those. So that's pretty like in nature for me to do. So all this and gear this are pretty easy to work on too. So those are, I'd say all this is the easiest for me to do. We got uh, Corey Jordan, who's uh, always doing that left tire salute for us, right, Gotti? That's right, on YouTube. Um, why RC over football or baseball and um, basketball I'm not, and basketball <laughs> and basketball? Well, I'm not a uh, athletically inclined. Um, <laughs> like I, uh, all right, I play tennis. Um, I used to play for the high school team, and um, I also used to skateboard and ride my scooter a lot. That was something I did, like when I was younger. And now, I really don't get out that much. I work on my cars and stuff. I need to start working out or something. Because I'm going to start getting fat. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen until you're like in your 30s. Yeah, you don't have to worry yet. Sweet. <sighs> <laughs> so you got, yeah, no, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> so we got no, John yeah, I mean, back. And he's he's asking John Bolton, has your dad ever felt the urge to race? Has he ever? Uh, I think we had him race one time, and I don't think he's ever going to hit the track again. Okay. He uh, he doesn't really. I don't think he ever really wants to race. I think he just likes to watch me race. We got the Zeke Bollinger. He's wondering, he's like, hey, he's like, do you remember every time Will got beat by an armless guy? <laughs> no, he did not say that. He really he did. Yeah. Oh, that's dirty. <laughs> Zeke's always, dude, Zeke's always popping off with the jokes, man. He gets me too good. <laughs> uh, we got well, one here. <laughs> I won't even let you answer that. Yeah, no comment on that. Got a question here from uh, Kirby Hand. He was asking about, he noticed at the indoor national race there at Smack Track, he had Nick Nick Mulatto there. Has Nick been a big help to you guys? Uh, 
on the TLR spectrum side of things? What what's going on with Nick? Uh, yeah. Um, so for this year, I'm doing the uh, servos and the batteries. So um, with the batteries now, and like having the servos and the batteries, to have Nick there with products and stuff to make, and he's always making sure that like my servos are working and you know, that my batteries aren't bad. He's always giving me new ones, you know, making sure that we aren't having any issues. And yeah, he's always a really big help. You know, he's always there for all the team to help us. Um, he's made some cool little stuff too, like this servo mount for our two wheel and our four wheel. It's actually like integrated into the servo. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little piece you could slide in there and it's a lot lighter than like a normal setup. So, He's, uh, I mean, like everything was good before, but now we have like some more new cool things that he's made. And now we have the charger and all of that stuff. So. so now we're getting into uh, Cole Hendrickson's asking why you like rocks so much. Why do I like rocks? Yeah. Um, well, Cole keeps a collection in case anyone was wondering. Okay. Um, I don't really understand the question very much, but uh, yeah, I like rocks a lot. Cole's rocks, his rock collection is pretty cool. Ask him about it sometime. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get you. Uh, okay, so Rod Case is saying that he heard a nickname <laughs> was Turbo Tom. Um, but uh, um, I think that originated from David Peebler. Okay. From Blue Groove. I feel like he's he's the main guy that told me that, and that's like one of Rod's good friends. So, yeah, shout out to those guys from uh, over in Corning, Iowa, Cole and uh, Peebler, and all those dudes. Miss seeing you guys around club racing. Can't wait till we're back because this stuff's hurting. Um. And what's funny about it is he says, Miss seeing you at the track was looking forward to hitting clay back up till this beer virus hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rod, uh, Rod, <laughs> yeah, Rod pops the jokes, man. He's, uh, he's a funny guy for sure. I can't believe yeah. Kirby, Kirby hasn't come up with this beer virus yet. <laughs> okay, so we got uh, every, I've seen quite a few of these that, and I've witnessed them, I've gotten them. Um, when uh, Rupp, maybe it's Ian Rupp. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. He's got it backwards here. But um, when do I get that crispy high five from you? Um, I assume that's because I talked him into getting a four wheel, and he and he drove it the other day and said it's really dialed. So whenever uh, next time I see you and um. We don't have to stay away six feet away from each other. Then we can. <laughs> okay. Long distance. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's the most insane Fair thing five. you? What's the most insane thing you've done since you've been signed to TLR? I don't really know how. how that's most supposed insane. To, insane. Who said that? That same guy, uh, Ian Rupp. He's like, what's the most insane thing? Ian you've Rupp. Done? Ian, what are you doing to me right now? You're putting me on the spot. I, I, 
Great, great whips. Yeah, sick whips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got. Uh, we got Austin Schwent. That is last name. He wants your uh, your first impression of the twenty two X four. Uh, which we kind of talked about, you know, when your experience at the world, you talked about in the Reedy race. And, um, but now, you know, the, the kit is out. Uh, have you built a new, uh, new kit yet? Or, um, he's just kind of asking from seeing it, building one, driving one, um, you know, what's your overall impression? I mean, we know it's good, but you know, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the car, for me, it was, I mean, at Worlds, it was my, my second time driving it. I drove it for, like, three packs at home. And I went to the Worlds, and, like, first time I went on the track, I was like, I just couldn't believe how how much corner speed I could carry. Like, I could even tell, like, on the lowest grip surface, like, just how good the car really was and, like, how the balance, like, just the balance of the car is gotta be perfect like there's something about it that's just that really i think everybody really likes but yeah so after reedy race um i shoved the reedy car and i built a whole new car and um the build for me has been good i know on like the most recent kits there's been the insert into the ring gear has been a little tight for the outdrives but if you take a 0.199 drill bit and run it through with your hand. It's super free and it only takes like two minutes. So that's a build tip for anybody that has some of those are a little bound up. So the uh, plastic tolerances with, you know, the moisture in the air and the humidity of where it was made kind of changes that stuff. So some of them are free and some of them aren't. So 0.199 drill bit's the way to go. Jason okay. Snyder, shout out to him for that one. Point one one nine. Mm-hmm. We had a question for me from uh, Pete Phillips was asking, and then you can add, maybe Tom has heard of something, and we saw that uh, you know this video with Mayfield kind of playing with a speed run car. Have you ever thought about building a speed run, or know anybody else has a speed run car? Um, I believe there's like a drag racing group around here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's about, but I know they uh go out to certain places that they've like they're able to rent out and they go out there and they just do heads up races and it's like a sixteenth of a mile or something. And they're going like hundred miles an hour or something crazy. Somebody was telling me that at the track a while ago. I've never seen it, but I heard it's pretty cool. But yeah, and I think the Mayfield thing looks badass. I like that body is so cool. The long S15, is that what it's called? Yep, the stretcher. The stretcher, yeah, that's cool, dude. What is it? It's a it's a trivy chassis, right? And then it just has buggy front clips. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. So we got. I, uh, I would make something like that if I had like another car or something. You needed a car, a donor. Yeah. So we got yeah. Johnny Finley asking what your plans are for the future: college, work, full run at RC. What's the plan? 
Um, yeah. So right now, I'm gonna just gonna try and focus on RC for the most part. Um, I just got actually signed on with DoorDash, and I do that sometimes when I'm bored now. Okay. I get like up to like twenty five dollars an hour doing it. And it's so easy. So, so you I'm go and pick up people's bit. food. You go pick up people's yeah. food and bring it to them, huh? Yeah, and then you're nice, and you get a good rating, and then they give you a nice tip, and then chilling. People have been giving me good tips. Like today, I went out there for two hours, and I was able to make like fifty bucks. Wow! So I was like, that's something I've been doing. But yeah, really, I want to focus on RC to be able to, you know, make it to the next level. Because I mean, I definitely want to do college either way if I'm pro or not, but definitely want to try and focus to the end of the year to try and be the best I can be. I think what would be funny is if you, you know, it's with the DoorDash, they, people don't come into your car, but if you were like an Uber driver or something, you could have like your, your Reedy Race trophy in the passenger seat with your car. <laughs> and you would like drive people around and, you know, when you, they could ask you questions about it and stuff. You could just that would be funny, actually. Ask all, yeah. You talk all serious and yeah. I'm a professional F1 racer, dude. <laughs> you can't bring the car though, because then if it's like some hot chick or something, <laughs> then they'll be like, ah. girls. <laughs> yeah. You know one thing I have noticed about Tom Gotti, you'd be proud. He doesn't miss when there's any, um, let's say, cute girls around. Oh, nice. Right? Nice. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The, the, you're, you're, uh, you're well aware of your surroundings, I will say. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose you could say that, yeah. <laughs> you got any, uh, I guess that's a good question. You got any girlfriends or anything like that? Uh, not at the moment, no. Right. Chilling. Chilling. It's good to good to hear that he would kick uh, kick the RC car to the side for a hot chick. Yeah, yeah, he's not gonna put his Reedy car in his Uber <laughs> for the fear of giving a hot chick a. Uh, no, well, you can like you can take it back. You can just leave it out, but then if you like, you're like, oh shoot, like they're walking over, and then you gotta. Maybe stash it, but actually, if it's not worth it, if they don't, if they don't like it, then just kick them out. Well, you could say, "Hey, you know, I, you know, this isn't my stuff in here. Like, it was the, we kind of yeah, share Jason cars. Runners. You know, we share car. Yeah, we share cars. And this is just some other guy's stuff. Like, let's see, what does it say on here? Oh, Reedy. Yeah, Reedy Race Champ. This guy's a nerd. No <laughs> <laughs> big deal." So we got uh, Ryan asking um, uh, most memorable uh, race that you've had. I mean, obviously, I think we kind of went over uh, a couple of them. You got the tons of crispy high fives and hugs after that Reedy race win. That's got to be one of them, I would imagine. Yeah, that was uh, it was pretty cool. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's, the moment was pretty crazy like i was kind of i didn't really think about it until i i tried my best 
to not think about it until I crossed the line. So when everybody was swarming me, like I didn't even have time to think. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like taking it all in. And then I had Charlie come over. He was all happy for me and stuff. And that was pretty cool. And my dad too, kind of running up on the stand. I'm like, what a clown. Could have just waited for me to get down to the bottom. <laughs> so no, that's a super cool video. And uh, last time I watched it, definitely gave me goosebumps for sure. It's really cool. So that's that's definitely my favorite moment. The the part I that I was I rem- kind of remember is your dad kind of jumped on the straightaway to come towards the driver's stand, and I think like. Not all the cars were done yet, and he—I can't remember if he—I can't remember if he had to dodge one or like there was something that kind of happened. He almost jumped out in front of it. I think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on the straightaway, he almost jumped out too early. Yeah, (laughs) imagine that, dude. Gets taken down by a car, not cross the line yet. (laughs) That would have been a good story, actually. Uh, he's got the good reflexes, I guess. Oh man, he 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 got up there quick though. Yeah, for sure. You're oh like, yeah, it was super sweet. So yeah, I just remember before the race, Ron sure comes up to me, looks at me, and he's just like, "All right, champ, go get her done." <laughs> and he just gave me that smile, like, "You got this, dog." <laughs> and I was like, "Sweet." That, I just remember it. that. That's just one of the things I remember. I don't know why. Just you know what's weird is everybody has to. What I've noticed is everybody has a different. Um, I, I don't know what the right wording is, but what what they want to be told prior to, uh, you know, big moments or pressure situations and that type of thing and. Uh, it, it's it's strange that everybody kind of has something that they're looking for that's a little bit different, and you know I, I think that um, it's interesting to me, you know, when I go to all these races and you, you kind of have to adjust to how you know everyone's individual personality and how they like to see and how they take the pressure differently and. How, how what type of motivation they're looking for um and uh, and that was nice that you were able to kind of turn that into a positive for you um you know my uh, my experience has always been a little bit different with some guys where i'm always don't really know that if you just want to rush up to them and tell them how great they are and you got this covered and you're the man, <laughs> you know, like do they want yeah. everybody, you know, it's like, you know, I've always kind of been, you know, I've heard Mayfield say before people say something to him, he's like, I haven't done anything cool yet. Why are you asking? Why are you talking to me? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wait till I do something cool. Then come talk to me. All right. That's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you know, and and Mayfield on the hobby wing side, he's been a really good help to me. Okay, I remember at a CRC, he flagged me down, called me some names, and was like, "We need to fix your ESC settings." 
Okay. He kind of, <laughs> he rolled me through it and, you know, explained to me a few things I didn't understand. And now I feel like my ESC program is extra good. So, I mean, obviously Ron has been a great help. It's always a great help for tuning and stuff, but I really liked Mayfield's bass and he was, he came out of his way to be like, Hey, like, you got to fix this out. So I think that's, I thought that was really cool. It is. Yeah. And, um, it's nice. It's good to have, I mean, that's where you see it's nice to have some of these teammates, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, you know, I feel like there's both sides of it. Like there's always going to be weekends where, you know, sometimes somebody else is going to find out something better. But when you find out that thing that's better and then you can like tell them and give it back, like that's, that's something I like doing too. Like, you know, some people have helped me so much and then like, I'm not really able to like help them much back. So, um, just trying to test on my own too and keep progressing, keep trying stuff. It's something I'm always trying to do. Cause, you know, I can't, I want to like, you know, following those guys is great, but you know, you, you want to know for yourself what you really like, because at the end of the day, those are Mayfield settings, not mine. So, yeah, that is good information. So, uh, quick, quickly here, uh, give a couple, um, just a few tips on, you know, somebody that's started like like yourself, uh, tracks a slash, getting into it, and then, um, you know, anything that you've learned along the line that, you know, somebody getting going in RC, uh, the the path that they should take to, you know, to, to get better and to get, you know, closer to the position you're in where you're, um, you know, you've uh, won the Reedy race now and open class and that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So one of the things, you know, is just obviously, you know, the most basic one you're going to hear from everybody is to really go out there and just have fun and not really focus on like, don't have your goals as like a sponsorship mm-hmm. or anything like that. Have it as like race results or bettering yourself. Not like I want a sponsorship. To be honest, I didn't even know that you could get sponsored in our seat when I got on associated. So if that tells anybody anything, you know, you kind of just need to go out there and have fun. And, you know, if you're really wanting to put in the work, like you've got to go practice. Like at the end of the day, if you can have all of your stuff prepped as good as you want, but if you're not like going and practicing and testing stuff, like you will fall behind or you won't be quick at all to start with. So that's probably my main thing. Um, second thing is probably just to, I don't know. I mean, not really worry about fully the setup of the car. Like when you first start, just focus on staying in the middle of the track and just making sure that you know how to make sure that your car is going to finish the five minute run, not focusing on like, little setup changes that really, honestly, I don't, I mean, before I ever got an associate, I never ran anything different than a kit setup on any car. I don't even think we knew what endpoints were before I got on. Like, dude, I, we didn't know much at all. So if you can, you know, go out there and 
if you have somebody to help you too, that's really great. Like, there's no reason. Like, I was a novice for almost two years. There's no reason that you could not anybody could be pro. You know, you just really mm-hmm. have to have you have to have it and the drive. Yeah, you just have to have you have to have the talent to do it, but you also have to have the motivation to get up and do this, like working on your stuff. Like maybe that's not what you like doing as much. Like I don't hate working on my cars or anything, but I'd much rather drive. But really just like for me, just making sure that I'm motivated to work on my stuff and to go the track and to get better. That's really the mentality you have to have. Not like I want a sponsorship and that's why I want to get better because then it's no point. So that's probably the two biggest things for me. I say they kind of mix into each other, but okay. I mean that makes total sense. And uh, why don't we let you give a shout out here to to your sponsors and then your supporters and family friends? Uh, yeah. So I'd like to shout out uh, TLR, um, Hobby Wing, J Concepts, um, Boom RC. Uh, Spectrum, Ultimate Engines, and Beach RC, and also the RC Compound and slash Brad Horsch for the uh, for the tracks, both ten scale and eight scale. You know that's he's pretty much made Iowa racing happen. So we all, besides me, you know, we all really appreciate all the work and money that he's put into the track, and just you know just the fact that he makes a track just for the fullers and Ida run on is just such a nice thing to do. And we really appreciate that. So that's one of my bigger shout outs for sure. It's just because for a while there, we were stuck. We didn't have a track really. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't practice, but he's really been able to give us a place to practice that we can go to a lot. I think that's, you know, me, Mason Fuller, Alex Vanderbeek, um, Drew Rubin King when he can race. Like I feel like we've all gotten so much better just because we've been able to practice and push each other. Without that track, we wouldn't be able to. So, and all of our sponsors, you know, sponsors are really uh, they put a lot of money into us, and we really appreciate it. So the least we can do is try our best and keep our heads high at the track. How about uh, to the uh, any friends or family out there? Uh, shout out to uh, my mom and dad, or uh, oh, wait, and my grandma for fueling my racing for so long. Even now, they're still spending money to help me get to these places. Um, hopefully, I can pay you back someday because I really appreciate it. And of course, just uh, I have a lot of friends out there, so I'll just shout out to all of them. You know. Shout out to the VRC boys I've been playing with. And uh, shout out to all the guys that I uh, normally see weekly and I can't. So excited to get back racing and I hope everybody's staying safe. Perfect. Appreciate you being on and uh, just giving us all that input. I mean, definitely, um, you know, for your age, you're definitely doing really well, super professional, and uh, and you have a good time out there, which uh, is definitely been very uh, refreshing to see and uh you and your crew they're you're a lot of fun yeah they're just going out there having fun and just trying to improve ourselves 
just that's the main thing, main goals. So yeah, really appreciate you guys having me on here. I was stoked when I got the message from Jason. So yeah, it's pretty cool. No problem. Well, uh, stay in touch. Obviously, if you need anything from me, I always let me know. Just shoot me a message or uh, anything, and uh, we'll get it going. Of course. Yes. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, Tom. Thanks. And see you guys later. Bye-bye. Good kid. Seems like a good kid there, huh? He is. Very good talker. He's uh, positive, and he's got, he's got a good family out at the races with him, mm-hmm. as he talked about. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been... It's been nice having them at the races and being in the RC yeah. right now. I mean, just kind of representing a new, uh, almost the next generation of racers in a way. I mean, not just him, but there's, you know, several kids. Uh, he talked about Mike Fuller, which is uh, Mason and Caden's dad, who that's, you know, they're all part of this next generation of racers, too. And um, fast, fast kids. Okay, well, we appreciate Tommy being on the show. I call him Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. Great movie, great movie. It is. I hope you've seen the movie. (laughs) Gotta see it. And uh, that was episode 209. Just, yeah, we're just clicking them off now again. Well, you know, and we got messages from people appreciating that we're doing the podcast more often, especially of everybody being quarantined. They're enjoying the shows. Mm -hmm. So it's good stuff. Yeah, I, we enjoy doing them too. So it's it's nice to be. It's be fun. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> All right, guys, we will catch you on the next episode. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll be back to normal soon. Well, the society will. I won't be though. Yeah, you'll never be normal. No, no, no. All right, guys, we'll see you later. Yes, you put it succinctly. Suck what? Succinctly, it means perfectly. Oh, yeah. May I do that?